0: Your Division Two champions, Grand Valley State. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports
1: Network. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Up Podcast for Thursday, January 28, 2021. The Up Podcast, as always, is presented by Metro Health the official sports medicine provider of GVSU Athletics, your health, our passion. My name is Jake Levy, joined by Tim Knott to once again bring you everything around GVSU Athletics. We look back at a very busy week here on campus and abroad and look forward to even more athletic competitions coming your way this week as well. A lot going on. We are in the
0: thick of it. So, Tim, it's been busy, but how you doing? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, extremely busy uh, with the uh, home events now and. B- just based on the schedules that we have, we're always going to have home basketball every week. That's right. Uh, track and field is going to be home every week. Uh, swimming and diving had their lone home meet. They're going to be on the road the rest <laughs> of the year until they host the Glea League Championships, which are going to be at the Holland Aquatic Center, uh, w- the end of February. So, yeah, we're in uh, we're in scramble mode, obviously, with uh, all the events going on. But we love it. It's um, it's been great getting the kids back in. You can really sense the we you know we talked about it last week. The uh, the excitement among the student athletes, among the coaches and staff, because we are competing. Uh, I, I, you know, in terms of w- w- we are testing and tests are going extremely well. You know, we see the report where Michigan shut down for two weeks here over in Lakerland. Uh, our tests are going extremely well. Um, and our student athletes are doing a great job of uh, basically quarantining themselves, not going out at night, not going you know, to hang out at a friend's house. They're staying with their roommates. They're, they're coming to practice. They're going home. They're doing their homework. They're staying isolated, basically, which is preventing them from uh, spreading the COVID-19. And they're doing a great job. Yeah, give a big tip of the cap to Mark Stessner and his medical services
1: team. A big tip of the cap, like Tim said, to the coaches and the student-athletes that are doing their part to keep themselves safe and make sure they're eligible and ready to go when their number is called. And for the winter sports, they are well underway. Fall sports that are tipping off in the winter slash spring are right around the corner. We're only three weeks away from volleyball getting underway yes. on February 19th, so that's coming quick as well. But really, what we talk about this week is the basketball, track and field, swimming and diving efforts. We'll give you your recap. It is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, here for you now more than ever confidence with every card and we start with women's basketball coming off a victory over Davenport on Tuesday night the Lakers winning two of three over the weekend they go on the road first to Kenosha Wisconsin face a really high-powered parkside offense they get beat in game one turn around in game two and play very very well to get a victory earn a split on the road after suffering their first loss a nice bounce back and then they take a punch against Davenport on Tuesday but keep on battling and I think Tim with a young Inexperienced team. What we've seen from this Laker women's basketball team that really sticks out to me is there have been a few times now that they've really kind of been punched in the mouth. They've had to take their hits, but they don't quit fighting. They keep battling. And, you know, that one Parkside game, they couldn't quite compete the comeback, but every other time they've really stood tall.
0: They really have. And uh, what you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of growth and maturity by some young kids. Uh, again, we, we've talked about the previous broadcast about how these individuals play together, for the most part, the, the returnees played against the, the starting five last year in practice and they've really developed. Now you're starting to see the freshmen really develop. You're starting to see them come into their own um, and, uh, and, and they're really growing right before our eyes, I mean, in terms of their, pr- their progression on the court their knowledge of the game in terms of at the collegiate level and so they're really doing a great job and you're really seeing some uh, standout performances by some young kids that are really stepping up.
1: Yeah, Emily Spitzley is probably the only one that has put together big numbers every single night, night in and night out. But we've seen some standout performances from Hannah Kula, Sammy Garrels on any given night. Then, of course, Riley Brisball had that big game against Ashland with the nine offensive rebounds. Ellie Drusty's been fantastic when given the opportunity. Hadley Miller's had some big moments as well. It's really come from just about everywhere for this team, and that's been kind of fun to watch. You know, the last few years you've kind of been able to circle the three or four on the depth chart that are going to give you a bulkier points. But not this year. It's kind of all over the place, and it's a great opportunity this year for those young freshmen to learn from the upperclassmen how to be basketball players at the college level, and everybody gets a chance to shine, which I think is really, really cool too.
0: Well, you see, the the last three games, you know, we, we uh, took a snapshot of those. You have uh, Spitzley averaging 19.3 points, Coolis uh, averaging 14, and then Drusty uh, averaging 10 points uh, in the last three games. And you have, uh, looking at the... Uh, Average here, we have about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine girls averaging almost 20-plus minutes the last three games. So you're seeing uh, the the coaches get in, those uh, young kids, and they... The more you feel comfortable with them, the more time they're getting, and you're really seeing the growth.
1: And it's important to remember that with these freshmen, you know, they've only played seven games And with this young lineup. The coaches didn't really have a chance. They had a few preseason scrimmages, a couple of exhibition games, but they didn't get a chance to play some of those non-conference games where you feel out your bench, find your rotation, get comfortable, and then get into GLIAC play. No, it was boom. Here you go. Jump right into the conference action. Figure it out on the fly. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of different lineup combinations, a lot of different looks to see who's going to get the big minutes. Of course, Quay Stanton missing those first couple of games. Opened the door for a player like Ellie Drusty to show what she could do. And by the way, speaking of Ellie Drusty, she was the guest on the GVSU Basketball Hour on Monday night from the women's side. That's available on the archive. WatchGVSN.com. I highly recommend you go back and listen to her segment. It's right about 40 minutes in. She was fantastic to talk to. Wants to go into social work and she's got the temperament for it. That's for sure a really fun interview, so just tip of the cap to her. Make sure you go check that out if you have a moment. But, you know, what she's done on the court has spoken for itself as well, and you got to be impressed. 2-1 and one this weekend, and the Lakers now 6-1 and one overall to start the year. And, you know, I think if you asked a lot of people after seeing that class that Coach Williams and Coach Sayers lost, I think 6-1 and one would have not been many people's choice for what the record would be seven games in, but they've done a great job. Give a big tip of the cap to them, Coach Carlson, and Coach DeBoer as well for getting that team ready to go as quickly as they have.
0: Yeah, and you know, you you look at uh, they lose a tough game on that in the opener at Parkside. Parkside celebrated like they won the national championship, Um, and then the next night the Lakers come out just dom in dominant fashion, beat beat uh, Parkside convincingly. And last night against Davenport, um, or on Tuesday night against Davenport, rather, uh, you know. Big lead in the first quarter. Uh, the Lakers. Davenport makes a run in the third quarter. Outscored the Lakers 25-19 But then uh, the Lakers buckled down and really put together a great fourth quarter and routed the uh, convincing win. I think it was like an eighteen to three run, maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, they outscored at, at, at Davenport the
1: by fourteen points in the fourth. I think it's was up being twenty-four to ten when free throws and everything was all said and done. But the Lakers were Davenport up Davenport scored
0: three points in the final. Yeah, they were fi- at fifty-seven for a long time. Yeah, and then they ended up make, making a bucket when they pressed and. You know, we had some kids in. So um, this is just an outstanding performance.
1: Yeah, and that goes back to that punch in the mouth that I alluded to earlier. The Lakers were up by 14 points after the first quarter, but Davenport stuck with it. Had a big third quarter, like Tim mentioned. All of a sudden, you go into the fourth. It's just 53 to 50. Davenport at home, right back in it. They've got all the momentum, but the Lakers able to resurge in the fourth quarter to pull away for the win. So a nice victory for the ladies there as they move to six and one. Meanwhile on the men's side they go one and two this weekend. They split with Parkside at home and then fall to Davenport Tuesday night seventy three to seventy. The one bright spot out of that game on Parkside's loss on Saturday was definitely Jake Van Tubergen getting his season-high 24 points. And we've talked about this a lot with Jake. There's going to be high expectations for him, the GLIAC preseason player of the year, but he's proven that he doesn't have to score to be impacted on these games, and that's been something that's been fun to see grow as part of his game. He's always been a great scorer and a great rebounder, but now he's adding facilitator to his game. Tim, he's done a nice job to help keep that offense moving.
0: Well, he has. Uh, you, know, if you, you know, a snapshot of the Parkside uh, Parkside scored 42 points in in the opener there on on Friday afternoon. Um, We thought we were going to attribute that to them driving over the day of the game but they didn't drive over the day of the game. They came over the night before. Yep. So uh, they just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I mean, you and I talked about it uh, following the game. Uh, That was one of the one of the worst shooting performances we've seen in a long time five of 32 from three Uh, for the day for the day by them i'll give them credit they kept jacking them up yep there was no there was no shame there uh well then the next day we saw why well yeah exactly because the next day um they have uh croft goes off for 30 Trey Uh, croft goes
1: seven of nine by himself
0: from three on saturday and you know it was a complete bounce back win but that's been the jekyll and hyde of parkside the entire year they have Got beat by double digits in the opening game of the two-game series. The first three weekends of the year, followed by wins in the, in round two. So the adjustments they made, and they're making shots, and, and uh, uh, the, the, then that happened to the Lakers. Uh, Parkside shot the lights out in, in, in game two and picked up the win.
1: I think one of the teams that are scariest to play are the teams that live by the three and die yeah. by the three because there's really not much you can do defensively to change your game plan if they're just on they're just on and it's one of those things where Trey Croft was really on Colin O'Rourke who was a freshman probably didn't make his way into the scouting report for much hit four threes in that game which was kind of out of nowhere and all of a sudden every time it felt like the Lakers were making that run to either take the lead or get back into it Croft would hit a three with a finger in his eyeball and just knock something down that you're like how did he hit that shot he did it again
0: and they were able to just hold the Lakers at arm's distance and wound up getting the win. Well, they just kept moving back. Like, the further you came out to guard them, <laughs> they didn't even try driving <laughs> by you. That's right. It's like, ah, you're going to come out that far? I'm going to take another step back. Nor- normally, when when that happens, you know, you're only going to go so far, and then right. you're going to start driving to the hole because it opens things up. Nope, not at Wisconsin Parkside. You're going to keep jacking them up and moving further back. So uh, when you say logo... They were, they were shooting from the G. The, yeah, the and it v. wasn't
1: the heels on the edge of the white of the V. No. They were they were deep in it. They were in the volleyball midline Yeah, taking those uh, swings. It was like a back row attack, but the other way, taking threes at the bucket. So Parkside got that win. Then you turn around against Davenport, a little shorthanded on both sides in that game and obviously a little flat-footed. You could see it in the offensive start for both teams. They were a tough shooting night. It wound up being 28-24 at halftime. Both teams had more points in the second half than they did in the first with eight minutes left in the second half so you could tell that there was a little bit of a sluggish start both teams probably feeling the effects of playing back-to-back games just a couple of days earlier but another one that goes down to the wire with Davenport that seems to be the mo when coach Wesley and coach Paddock get together and this time it just didn't go the Lakers way
0: yeah the uh in the Davenport game specifically uh Davenport came out and played a lot of emotion sure and uh uh you know the crosstown rivalry and and they played a lot of motion, got the lead at the half, and then, you know, I really kind of felt like the Lakers went on an 8-0 run to start the second half and to take that uh, four-point lead, and then Davenport came back with back-to-back threes, got the lead back quickly, and then it was... And then. Well, it was a similar story to
1: Saturday. It was Chris Rollins who just kept hitting threes, and all of a sudden he was the one taking over the game late, just kind of what Trey Croft did on the other side for Parkside. So it it was a similar fashion down the stretch that the Lakers found themselves really kind of losing to one player, which was a shame. But a tip of the cap to Austin Braun, who got his first start as a Laker, did a pretty nice job. He had six points. He had two big threes at the end of the first half because Davenport looked like they might start to run away with that thing Outside of the under four media timeout in the first half, Braun hit a couple of big threes, got the Lakers back in it. He wound up with seven assists in the game as well from his point guard spot, about three of them coming in during that 8-0 run to start the second half. So he did a nice job facilitating. He had to jump in for the injured Deleon Brown, who shouldn't be out too long. Hopefully the Lakers get him back, but Braun filling in the sophomore from Grand Rapids did a nice job, but just was not quite enough. As the Lakers fell 73-70, to 70, Grand Valley's men's basketball team now 4-3 and three on the year, and it doesn't get any easier this weekend. We'll talk about that in our game preview in a little bit. But first, we continue with our recap presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield as we go over to Holland for the pool and swimming and diving. A couple of big performances. Tim, you want to tell us about what happened over in Holland?
0: Well, the Lakers uh, competed in a tri-meeting at Saginaw Valley State and Hope, uh, Hope College uh, on for both men and women, uh, the Laker men defeated Saginaw 143.5 to 91.5, and also defeated, defeated Hope 150 to 90. On the women's side, Lakers defeated Saginaw 148 to 90, and Hope 167 to 74. We'll uh, talk about some outstanding performances for the women. Uh, Gabriella Ganiwik, uh she claimed a f- couple of first-place finishes in the 1,000 free and 500 free, and uh, Sarah Puskas, Added a couple wins, Kelly Peasley, a couple wins, the Lakers, um, Delaney Weebrink added a couple wins, Molina DeCourt. And those were, the Lakers won 14 of, actually 15 of the 16 events uh, um, on the afternoon. Uh, again, coming up with some uh, key uh, victories and reaching the B cuts uh, for diving in both the 1 meter and the 3 meter, Allison Schaefer and Nicole Terramina both qualified for the NCAA championships, also picking up B cuts for the Lakers in the pool were Delaney Delaney, Webrink and Kelly Peasley and Sarah Puskas. So outstanding uh, day for the Laker women. On the men's side, Lakers, uh, again, uh, Eric Heber, he picked up a couple of B cuts in the 200 free and the 500 free. Uh, Also picking up victories were Cade Vrujink, uh, Marcus Cruz, Oscar Sara Armengel. Noah Ellis, and on the diving, Chris Kelly and Keegan Hawkins. Uh, Kelly picked up a NCAA B cut. So the Lakers will continue this week at Calvin University in a swimming and uh, for both men and women. And that's big in that that's a really fast pool. There's based on there's fast pools and slow pools, and uh, if you're involved in swimming and diving, fast pools are where you want to hit your cuts. And that's the key because they're are limiting the number of entrants for swimming and diving like track and field in terms of the individuals that will be making NCAA uh, competition. So the key is to get as high in that list. It's virtually impossible to hit an A-cut in swimming and diving. Um, so what you want to do is you want to get as high in that B list because when they're breaking it down they're going to pick 15 or 16 individuals. You want to be in the top 15 or 16 nationally. Uh, and now if you're in one event you can also if you hit a B cut you can qualify in another event. So the uh, Lakers are doing some good work in the pool and they will continue their trek towards another GLIAC title. The men have won six straight. Uh, the women have won three out of the last four. And that will be at the end of February, and then the NCAA championships.
1: Obviously important to get that swimming in the Holland Aquatic Center as well, as that's where those GLIAC championships will be. So the Lakers getting a feel for that pool. Eric Murray, the uh, assistant coach for swimming, joined us on the Grand Valley State Sports Report this week because Andy Boyce giving birth to his baby daughter. Congratulations to him. Not his wife giving birth. Well, I he's guess part we, of it. He's we, in the delivery room. We could room. say he was in there. Yeah. Come on, Tim. It's yeah. 2021. Yeah. I, he's involved in the process. Yes, he is. He is. Congratulations on the birth to Hazel Boyce as she joins the world this past weekend. So Murray instead joining us on the sports report, and he was talking about how even those lines at the bottom of the pool can look different in different pools, different temperatures. Everything like that yeah. matters when you're in a competition, especially one like the GLIACs and NCAA tournament. So to get a chance to feel that pool, get the experience of it, and get comfortable with it will be important for the Lakers men's and women's swimming and diving teams going forward towards the GLIAC championships next
0: month. Well, speaking of pools, though, and I'm not sure if you understand this, the pools are different temperatures in terms of you don't want a warm pool because when you're swimming, obviously, it creates a body temperature. Your body temperature goes up. So they actually, when you jump in the pool, you're thinking, you know, it's going to be warm. Uh, competition pools are <laughs> extremely cold. Oh, well, there you go. So, See,
1: you learn something new yeah, every day. There you day. go. The Anchor of Podcast brought to you in part by NovaCare. Discover the power of physical therapy with the official physical therapy provider of GVSU Athletics. Also brought to you in part by PNC Bank the official bank of GVSU Athletics for the Achiever in You. By Earhart Construction, the official construction company of the Grand Valley Sports Network, and by Homewood Suites Grand Rapids, enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended-stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. We told you it was a busy week last weekend, and we're still not done recapping it, as we have one more sport to tell you about, well, two more sports to tell you about, men's and women's track and field hosting the Mike Lintz Alumni Open this past weekend, and some really great results for both sides you start with nicole serenin on the women's side she now leads division two in the 60 meter the 200 meter and the 400 meter her 400 meter final that she posted this past weekend set the school record for that one of 53.87 so a nice job by her she's an automatic qualifier for the NCAAs with the 400, and she's a provisional qualifier in the 60 and the 200 after her performance this week, which also, by the way, earned her USTFCCCA National Women's Athlete of the Week. Say that again quickly. USTFCCCA. Nice job. I don't know if I got it right or not, but I'll go back and edit it if I didn't. Then Allie Ludge, the redshirt senior, she leads the Division II in the 3000, a 928 96, and the mile, and a 450 23. She automatically qualified in the 3000. Provisional qualification in the mile. She was a Gleak Track Athlete of the Week, and she now holds the school record in the 3K and the mile. Judith Essamaya in the field portion of track and field. She leads Division Two in the weight throw in 1915. She was the GLIAC Field Athlete of the Week and has earned herself a provisional qualification in the weight throw. On the men's side, what a finish it was in the men's mile in that Mike Lynch Alumni Open. Isaac Harding, the Michigan transfer he ranked second in the mile in the nation now with a 40314 which was good enough for the school record in the mile and right on his back hip was Tanner Chata who came in at 40380 something it was literally a half a second separating Harding and Chata what a fun finish that was down the stretch for 2GV male runners coming down the stretch in the mile. That was awesome to see. A couple provisional qualifications for Harding. Meanwhile, Justin Scavardo, we told you about him last week, how great he's been in both the shot put and the weight throw. He's already automatically qualified for them. And then Caleb Futter, the redshirt freshman who ranks second in the 3K and fourth in the mile, has a couple of provisional qualifications. So both teams are ranked now number one in week one of the USTFCCCA National Rating Index. So a great job by Coach Baltus and his staff getting them ready to go. A few meets under their belt and they're off to a really really good start
0: well and what's good you know like swimming and diving and track and field you want to hit those marks early mm-hmm. you hit that mark early and then you don't have to worry about the stress of t- qualifying and what that also does it allows you to train without peaking right and, and the whole key there is you want to train hard and you want to peak at that right point well when you're training to qualify you, you have know, to run every you have to race run every race, your so, race right exactly so and, and that that wears on you mentally physically throughout the year so so it's so key for those individuals to pick up those marks early in the year. Then you can just train right up until the the League championships and the NCAA championships, and you're going to put yourself in a position to uh, f- finish much higher. Yeah, those automatic qualifications are
1: so key, and the Lakers picking up a bunch of them over the last two weekends. And our moment of the week, by the way, which is presented by the Randy Catterberg Agency, is that mile run that saw Isaac Harding break the school record and then Tanner Chata coming in right behind him. That was a really proud moment for the GV mile crew as they ran a very fast mile. Tim, you and I were talking about it as the race was happening. They might, they, they wouldn't beat us if we were on bikes, but it would be
0: awfully close. Yeah, it's embarrassing that we were even talking about that, that I could be on a bike and I, I would have to re- really uh, – you go know, all out. Yeah, go all out to beat somebody that's running a mile race. Yeah, on their feet. Yeah. On so their give feet. us wheels and we can maybe compete. You know, uh, interesting. Jerry Baltas was talking to him uh, prior to the meet, and I happened to hear this conversation. And <laughs> so he said, you know, hey, I want you to be around 410. And he goes, what? 410. He goes, I'm going sub 405. he sure did. <laughs> so, so you're the, the fact that Jerry's like, Okay, well, don't hurt yourself going sub-405. He goes 403.
1: Yeah, breaks the school record, no big deal at all. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, 410 to 405, it doesn't sound like a huge difference, but what a difference that is. Five seconds to knock off of a mile time is a major difference to somebody who's just struggling to run a mile in under 10 minutes. Yeah. Trust me, those five seconds are crucial. So it's definitely important to, uh, to take it the right way, but I think Harding... Doing what he was able to do there, getting the automatic qualifier, breaking the school record puts him in a great position here during the indoor season as Tim just delineated why it's so important to get those cuts when you do so that you can automatically qualify and then this way you can spend the rest of the winter season training to be in peak shape when it comes time. So there is our recap. We have gone through men's and women's basketball. We have seen what happened on the track and in the pool this past week as another busy week in GVSU athletics. We jumped right into it. Feet first. And this pool is pretty warm now as the Lakers are getting good down the stretch here in the last couple of weeks. Let we Let's turn our attention to what's going on next in just a moment. First, we tell you the Anchor Up podcast is brought to you in part by Uccellos. where great food and sports come together by DTE Energy. Know your own power by Mervine Beverage and Fox Motors. All right, let's take a look at what is coming your way this week as there's more action all over the place. We start with men's and women's basketball. It's a cross-state showdown. We just had the cross-town showdown this past week. Now the Lakers taking on Wayne State. Let's start with the men this time as we visit what's going on between the Lakers and the Warriors right here at the GVSU Fieldhouse Arena Saturday at 1 p.m., Sunday at 3 p.m., you can watch both games on the Grand Valley Sports Network, watch GVSN.com. Or you can hear them on ESPN 961. And the Lakers taking on a team that has maybe the best backcourt in the GLIAC all of a sudden. Braylon Neely, who did it all by himself last year. They only had six players on their active roster. And Neely was still an all-conference performer. Now you add in Darius Owens-White, a transfer who might be the best player in the conference as it stands right now. He is an unbelievable scorer, averaging 20 points a game. Neely, who was averaging about 30 last year, is down a bit having to share the rock with Owens-White. But that backcourt is almost impossible to stop.
0: Yeah, you are going to pick your poison there and you really want to you're trying to limit them, but then, you know, they're playing well as a team and those guys are their big two scorers, but they have other options as uh, as well and they're rebounding the ball well and just playing really good team basketball. And so uh, a very formidable opponent. And you know, we have always had battles over the years with Wayne State's home and away. The games seemingly come down to the buzzer on you know, home and away. Th- these two have, are are going to be here in the uh, Fieldhouse Arena but uh, th- they do an outstanding job at Wayne State and uh, it's gonna be a couple tough games and the Lakers have to pick themselves up that you know lost two two straight every every team's gonna qualify for the tournament but uh, um, but you really want to put yourself in position where you're one of those top four in the league because you get that first round bye. right and so you really want to you know and, and, and you we've talked about through, through the year it's going to be a lot of splits, and if you look at the standings, Michigan Tech has set themselves apart in the in the north. Um, in, in, in the south, there's four four teams I believe that are four and three, including Grand Valley State. Yeah. The two teams that are three and five, maybe.
1: Northwood just with that loss yesterday, yeah. falling to four so, and three.
0: So uh, you know it's a you know a battle, and you have to take care of home events in terms of home basketball games, and so the Lakers, you know, coming off. Back-to-back losses at home really need to uh, hold serve here this weekend.
1: Yeah, no kidding, especially because after this weekend, the Lakers only have two more games on their home floor against Northern Michigan a couple of weeks later. So they're going to play seven of their last nine games of the season on the road. So really important to end this first portion, the first nine games, on a positive note, and that will start on Saturday and then finish up Sunday when they take on Wayne State at 1 and 3 p.m. You can hear them on ESPN 961. Catch them on the Grand Valley Sports Network pay-per-view. And you can follow along live stats, GVSULakers.com or at GVSUBasketball on Twitter and Instagram for all the real-time updates as they happen. Meanwhile, the women have to go on the road to a really tough place to play, the Mattai Center over at Wayne State. And that's a Wayne State team that had a nice season at the end of the year last year. They're 4-3 and three so far this season. But remember, they beat Ferris State in the GLIAC quarterfinals last season on the road. And they've kind of carried that momentum right in. They've got some really nice returners. Sam Charney, Alexis Miller have been really good. Grace George has been good for them. So they've got some big post players that are really tough to deal with and you know the last couple of years Cassidy Bench was able to really negate that this year the Lakers don't have that solidified Cassidy Bench they have to do it by committee and the Lakers have gotten taller in a lot of aspects but of course missing Cass is going to make it tougher to deal with Charney and George, and Miller, and those players like that that have made things difficult. I remember last year when the Lakers were at Wayne State, both Charney and George picked up two quick fouls in the first five minutes because Cass was so dominant, and that kind of let the Lakers relax a little bit because they didn't have to deal with those post players. The Lakers don't have that same advantage, at least in the personnel on paper this year, so we'll see if they can go with a similar thing. But the year before, you know, Tim, I remember that my first ever road game with Grand Valley State. It was men's and women's basketball going to Detroit, and it was the game where Taylor Parmley scored 33 points for the women. The last 13 of the game basically forced overtime by herself and then led the Lakers to the win. I call it the Taylor Parmley game. In my mind, that was the greatest game I saw her play, and it was the one where she really solidified herself as a leader. It was the game that I think kind of got that season started for the women's basketball team. Remember all those young players that Great senior class that we've talked so much about. They were struggling a little bit early on in their sophomore year, and that game kind of kick-started them, led them to the great run they went on for the next three years. So every time you go to Wayne State, it's going to be difficult. They do a great job over there. Carrie Lohr has been there for a long time, and she's got a pretty good program that will be tough to beat.
0: Yeah, and they, you know, you, you look at, uh, luckily, our, our ladies, they're going to have the reverse schedule of the men. Correct. So they, they will have played
1: seven of their nine games of the first on the road. Nine
0: on the road. Um, and this is going to be the, 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 the weekend here where they're ending that, uh, ske- that uh, early season schedule. Um, so they're, they're used to it, uh, and it's been good for those freshmen. Again, we talked about uh, how they're maturing, they're getting better. I feel a lot more comfortable with them with where they've gone, Saginaw and Parkside, playing Ashland at home. And if you look at the standings on the women's side, uh, the two teams that Grand Valley will not play this year, Lake Superior State and Purdue Northwest, are at the bottom of the barrel there. Yep. And so the Lakers, in terms of schedule, will have played every team that is a legitimate team in the GLIAC. Not that they're not legitimate teams, but they're those playing teams...
1: The, if you look at what's going to end up being the overall strength of schedule, Grand Valley, in an unbalanced year,
0: is probably going to have the toughest strength yes, of schedule no in question. the GLIAC. No question. Uh, so, so, you know the ladies have been tested they're going oh, to continue to tested and, and Davenport yes and uh, th- they're going to continue to be tested uh, but again showing great maturity and like that team that you were d- talking about um, that team matured and turned into obviously what we watched last three years that's what you're seeing out of, out of this group of young ladies um, they're really coming together and getting better every game and you're seeing those freshmen really start to step up and uh, so th- th- this will be no different.
1: Then it'll be no different for track and field as well as they get set to uh, host the Bill Klinger Classic on Friday. The portion of high jumps begins at 1:45. everything else starting at 2 p.m. There will be four separate streams that you can catch all the action on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Make sure you go to watchgvsn.com. If you scroll down to live and upcoming, there are four different events that you can watch. Stream one will feature the track and men's and women's pole vaults. Stream 2 will feature the high jump for both the men and the women and the men's triple and long jump on the east side of the gym. Stream 3 will feature the throws of the shot put and the weight throw for both the men and the women, and then stream four on the West End Jump Pit will have the women's long jump and the triple jump. So you can watch everything on different streams. You can also purchase a total package that gives you access to all four streams if you want to just go ahead and check out everything that's going on over in the Kelly Family Sports Center, but there'll be plenty of ways to make sure that you can watch the uh, track and field exhibition that's going on this weekend at the uh, Bill Klinger Classic.
0: What we're we're trying to do there is we understand that fans aren't loud right at these events um, so what we're trying to do is track field um, is is extremely difficult to broadcast with a one camera setup because there's so much going on you have all these all these events competing at the same time in terms of field well yeah uh, and quite frankly and even if you have multiple cameras it's still
1: impossible to show everybody rest. at the same time so only one camera can be on exactly. at a time
0: exactly so what we're trying to do is offer Different events for the consumers to watch. So the throws, ca- the throws camera, mm-hmm. uh, the high jump, uh, and for men and women, along with the men's and, w- and long jump and triple jump. So we're just trying to give people options that they can focus on those events. Absolutely. And to, the nice to thing, watch too, is
1: that those events will also be archived. So if, for whatever reason, you wanted to watch throws and the high jump and you only had to pick one to watch at real time, you can go back and you can watch the other one later if you want. So there's all different ways that you can be involved and still make sure you check out every athlete that you want to see compete in the Bill Klinger Classic and still brings together some really good action, Yes,
0: too. and now with that being said, you can't guarantee that you're going to see your son and or daughter or niece or nephew uh in their event you know uh, w- when we're showing the high jump high jump and the long jump and triple jump obviously we're going back and forth camera wise correct um for the throws we're gonna have a stationary camera there you'll be able to see your the person yep. you're watching the compete it's as if you're um, standing on the yes, 20 yard line exactly. watching so again we're just trying to give uh, people options we're trying to do our best in terms of these weird times where you can't go in and watch in person and we understand track and field. Uh, Parents and family members love to watch their kids compete and we're trying to do our best to bring as much action to them as possible.
1: Absolutely and you know obviously we are Definitely keeping in mind that it's a different year. Things are definitely difficult. And, of course, we want people to be able to come inside the Kelly and watch their student athletes compete. And we know that this is the best way to mirror that as best as possible to make sure that you have the best chance to see your family member, your friend, your teammate, whoever you want to see compete, compete. So that will be on the air on Friday afternoon. Of course, men's basketball will be on the air Saturday and Sunday. It's another busy week on the Grand Valley Sports Network.
0: Swimming and diving will be at Calvin University competing We'll have links to that action up on the website. That's uh, Friday at 6 p.m. And then uh, coming up here uh, next Wednesday, big day. Big day for the Lakers. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into signing day yet. No, big signing day coming up next Wednesday, February 3rd. And we're going to put on on ESPN3 the Laker football signing day uh, extravaganza. Special episode from 12 to 2 p.m. It'll be... uh, hosted by Steve Lloyd-Jones and Tom Cleary, and Matt Mitchell will uh, be our featured guest, but we're going to have coaches on, along with True Dog, Alan True, from uh, the recruiting side of things. He's going to be on to talk about the recruiting class, which uh, is being really built. I mean, this is probably the best class in Division II that's going to be signed out there. Outstanding, outstanding football high school kids, um, and we'll be able to talk about them on that day from 12 to 2 p.m., Yeah, we're going to do our best to get
1: Mitch on the podcast next week as well if we can. We'll twist his arm if we can to get him on to talk about it as well so that we can get all the in-depth. So it might be a little bit later next week and not right in the morning on Thursday if we have to do the interview with Mitch on Thursday morning because he's so busy doing the show on Wednesday and of course there's a lot of excitement around it. So we'll do our best to get Mitch on here at least for a little bit if he can't join us for the whole show like he did last time after the fall camp. At least give us a little bit of a taste of what this class will be about and what it'll be like once we can finally introduce you to this class officially because they are going to be really really fun to watch. Anybody that watched the uh, state championships in football last weekend got to see some really big highlight plays come from some future Grand Valley State Lakers. So we're gonna talk all about all of that and more next week with our in-depth signing day show. This week we talk about the other sports that are all currently in action of course and we're excited for them to keep on rolling. Volleyball is right around the corner as well. Those other fall sports are in tow and of course spring sports are about to get underway. Before we get out of here one final note. The NFCA released their preseason poll yesterday and the GVSU softball team ranked number 25 in the nation after a 13-3 abbreviated season last year that saw them win their final 11 games and Tim I went through and did the math and the final 11 games on that winning streak they outscored their opponents 83 to 18 to close out the year so after going two and two in some dome tournaments where you're kind of in at the mercy of whether that ball would have been a home run or not because it hit a certain line and not totally fair they go play outside they look like they were poised to make another run for a championship would have been their fourth in a row by the way and they come in now ranked number 25 in the nation
0: yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of just scratching my head when it comes to that ranking um, now again, w- we understand the Division Two is a little bit different than Division One in terms of the scope and what te- what you know about teams. Uh, wh- what I do know is that we we're two and two in that Lewis Dome tournament. Correct. Uh, lost a couple games by one run in the international tiebreaker, I believe. Um, and by the way, a couple, uh, I think one run scored on a ball that hit the. Uh, screen that was coming down. Yep, it was, that's what I'm talking about by the home run. Yeah, you don't know so if it would have been you know, or not, it, but again, by the rules, it so then is. W- we get into Florida and we dominate our opponents. Well,
1: lose game one to St. Anselm, two to one. Yes, and then outscore the the rest of the opponents, eighty three to eighteen, to go eleven and one on the Florida trip and come back with eleven straight wins under the belt, getting ready for Gleak play. But obviously, the plug was pulled on the 2020 season. So the pitching staff we
0: have coming back, which is extremely talented along with the positional players we have coming back, which are all, last year didn't count. Which, so. mind
1: you, that pitching staff, we didn't even get to see Sammy Garro's because yes. she was still with she basketball. Was still playing basketball. Sammy was the number two pitcher on the team that finished third in the country a couple of seasons ago.
0: So, yeah, well, maybe that uh, the number 25 ranking will fuel the fire of those young ladies because I think it's extremely low. And you know what? But it's not how you finish, how you start the year. It's how you finish the year. So the Lakers, who I think are a legitimate threat to win a national championship in softball, uh, begin, we'll begin the year twenty or twenty-five, so only only room to move up. That's
1: right. You know Hannah Beatis in the circle, like we talked about. Sammy Garrels, Ashley playtech had a great start to her freshman year last year as well. Then in that lineup is unbelievable between Nakoma, Holman, Lydia, Goble, Taylor, Rieger. That goes on and on and on. Brooke Henning was fantastic last year as well. You can keep on listing those players. Joanna Serrinioni leapt on as she had eleven stolen bases in the first thirteen games. So they can do it with speed. They can do it with power, and they've got the pitching. So we'll see what kind of season they put together when they get going in a couple of months. We're excited, really, at the end of next month already. Wow. We're excited for that to come as well. So a lot Already going on and a lot more to come as we build back towards normalcy and the busyness of a crossover season that we love, and it's extra special this year because fall sports are coming along with those spring sports. So we get busier, but that's a good thing because that means all of our student-athletes that we care about so much get a chance to compete and do what they love. Well, we get to go back to doing what we love and get ready for another busy week of sports. Tim, let's have another great weekend. Appreciate your time today, and as always, Anchor Up. Thanks, Jake. All right, folks, we will talk to you next week. This has been the Anchor Up podcast presented by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GVSU Athletics, your health, our passion. We're back with more next week with Signing Day Special. Until then, have a great week, and as always, Anchor Up.